Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. I am joined today by Claire Hawkins, who is a work and pensions expert at Phoenix Group. How are you, Claire? Hi, Mark. It's great to be here today. I am very well, thank you, and very much looking forward to this conversation about older workers today. Absolutely. And the conversation today is a topic that I tend to try and avoid because it's about older people and I'm rapidly becoming one. And it it irks me because in my head, I'm about 28. But we're looking at an aging workforce, labor shortages, the over 50s becoming increasingly dominant and important in the workplace. So what's your take on this? What's your perspective? Absolutely. So um, as you said, I work for a company called Phoenix Group. We're the UK's largest long-term savings and retirement business. So we're here to help people save today for the retirement income they want in the future. And we know two things that impact your income in retirement. The first is how long you live. And um, on average, people are living longer now than they used to. And the second is how much you save. And we know people are struggling to save. And we also know that you've got to work to save. So it's really the combination of those two things, living longer and needing to work to secure your financial future that bring Phoenix into this debate and make us really passionate about making sure that the over 50s, and I'm one of those as well, Mark, are given access to good work for the long term. I think it was B&Q, who the, the DIY chain, who a number of years ago really featured as a positive of going shopping at B&Q, that there were older employees who knew their stuff and been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So they didn't quite say this, but you're not talking to some spotty 17-year-old, you're talking to a real person. Things don't seem to have moved forward that much since then. And is the point of this initiative to try and help move that forward? But I should say it's it's National Older Workers Week. Uh, And what's the objective of that week? Is it to raise the profile of of older workers? and, And is it to make people want to work when they're older? Or is the aim really to engage with employers to be more open to employing older people? I think it's all of those things and more. I mean, what National Older Workers Week gives is a brilliant platform to be having a conversation like this, which helps us engage individuals, it helps us engage businesses, and it helps us engage government in solving this conundrum of how we make it possible for people to stay in good work for longer. Now, you, you, you mentioned about the fact that some employers have been really at the forefront of this over time. What's really interesting in the research that we've done is that 80% of employers agree that Older workers bring knowledge and skills that add value to their workplace, often a different perspective, lots of life experience and ability to help support and nurture more younger generations at work. It's also worth noting that over 30% of the UK workforce is now over 50. So this isn't something that only affects a few people. This is millions of people who actually really, really matter to driving businesses, to driving productivity, to driving economic growth as well as supporting themselves individually today and into the future from a financial security perspective. So it's it's a really important topic that we're discussing and wanting to open up that discussion and problem solve together. We've got our own thoughts and recommendations, 
for what individuals can do, for what businesses can do, for what government can do. And I look forward to exploring those in this conversation, Mark. But I think it really is recognising we're all individuals. There isn't one size fits all. So let's have the conversation. Let's have the debate. Let's look for a solution, which means that we can all benefit because we're not getting it right at the moment. We saw a million of those over 50s fall out of the workplace since the pandemic. And so we believe something needs to change. Absolutely. That's that's a big number. That's a big number. So if an employer is considering and open to employing older people in an advert, I believe I'm right in saying that you can't use age discrimination. So how do employers make it clear that they are very open to employing older people? And are there things that employers should be doing to make it a better working experience for older people? Absolutely. So I mean, there are a number of challenges that older workers face, which is causing that downward trend in over 50s being economically active. But the first one is actually about people not really enjoying their jobs when they get into those later stages of work. Workplaces not feeling very age inclusive and is not meeting that objective of having multi-generational workforces. So what we're looking to encourage people to do is really invest in recruiting, retaining and retraining older workers. And and you mentioned there about job adverts, which is really at that first stage, that first R of our three R's, that that recruitment stage. Lots of of legislation has already been passed, as you say, to, in theory, remove age discrimination from the recruitment process. But the research that we've done and what we've actually done as employer ourselves as Phoenix Group is to look at the language that we use in our job adverts. And we actually found, based on research that others have conducted, that removing words like energetic and enthusiastic from our job adverts really encouraged over 50s to apply. Now, you might say that's absolute nonsense because I'm an over 50 year old. I feel very energetic and enthusiastic. But we're programmed to think that that is targeting people who are in their much earlier stages of their career, their 20s and their 30s. And so over 50s, a third of which already feel that their age is a disadvantage when they're applying for jobs, were naturally screening themselves out of roles that used that sort of terminology. So that's a great example of something that we've done at Phoenix, which we think has, has really helped based on objective research. The other thing we've done is we've actually done targeted over 50s jobs fairs in some of our locations, again, to try and make it very clear that we're actively encouraging those older workers into our workplace because we value the skills and experience that they bring. It's no secret that I'm over 50. Listeners can't see me, but you can. It's no secret (laughs) I'm over 50. And I do like to think of myself as energetic and enthusiastic. Absolutely. But I I get that that choice of language, it sort of implies somebody younger and it could most certainly put people off. I think that for protected strands of society, like for example, the disabled, you can positively discriminate in an advert and special allowances will be made and we prioritize certain groups. Can't do that for older people not as far as i'm aware not as far as i'm aware no but but i think it's even having this conversation and thinking about it in the same ways we've had previous conversations about the importance of gender diversity in the workplace ethnic diversity in the workplace uh, social mobility 
diversity in the workplace. It, 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 you know, and we see huge intersectionality between all of those different strands of diversity and inclusion. It, it just means that we're all active, we're all thinking about it, we're considering about it. And we're part of that discussion about how we get that 30% of the UK workforce positively engaged and leveraging their skills and energy and enthusiasm in, mm-hmm. in a really positive and engaging way. You know, so that that recruit part is is really important, but it is only one of the three challenges that we see as needing to tackle for older workers. You know, we, we also think retaining people is is really key. And what we what we see or what our research shows is that actually as people become older, they they often have a whole range of responsibilities outside of work, which they need to balance with their working commitment. And we've definitely seen a, a marked increase in the number of people across the UK who have caring responsibilities, often for older parents, but it can be for siblings, it can be for anybody in the family dynamic or, 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 or friendship uh, group. Um, and we see 40% now of unpaid carers being in the age group of 45 to 65. And we know that the stress of trying to juggle caring responsibilities and long paid work can lead to stress, absenteeism, ill health, and in extreme, carers falling out of the workforce. And we see about 200,000 carers leave the workforce each year. So we also feel really strongly about supporting carers to remain in work through compassion, through flexibility, and also through carers leave. Okay, and if you'll forgive me for playing devil's advocate and not necessarily saying what I mean, but just taking the opposite view, as an employer... Doesn't that make my life really hard? Because aren't people going to be off to look after their mum or their wife or whoever? And some of the stereotypes of older people is about people who are stuck in their ways. Maybe they're not very good at doing what they're asked to do. They'd rather do what they want to do. And I'm being intentionally negative. But the reason I am is so that I can ask the question, how do people like you and, if I may say so, me, go about persuading employers or educating employers that number one that's really not the case and number two if you hire teenagers you have a different set of problems if you hire newlyweds you have a different set of problems there are challenges with whatever age and demographic of staff you hire so it shouldn't really be any more difficult for a company to hire older people well, Mark, I think you just made the case yourself really eloquently well and probably probably better than I could, actually, because because I think that's the point. We all have preconceived ideas about people of different backgrounds and, and different ages, and, and some of them are true and some of them aren't true. The purpose of National Olders Week is to get that conversation out there and, and, and think about these things and talk about these things openly. What I, I, I do appreciate that when big companies come along with these brilliant ideas about giving people more flexibility or, or paying for them to take time out of work. It, it, it can be really alarming for people who are running businesses and, and desperately trying to make ends meet. What, what I can share with you is the experience that we've had at Phoenix Group. So at Phoenix Group, we are a large employer, which helps us with these things, but we chose to give our carers up to 10 days paid leave per year. Now, about 13% of our 7,000 colleagues identify as carers. Not all of them way less than half of them took any carers leave and what we saw is that on average they took three days of carers leave and they rarely took that either as full days or certainly as three days together they tended to take it as the odd hour 
here and there or maybe a half day to go and help with a hospital appointment or go around and do something specific for, for the person that they were depending on. So in our example, we trusted and, and we gave people that, that leave. It was not abused. And what we saw was reduced levels of sickness, reduced levels of absenteeism, increased colleague loyalty, um, and therefore longer periods of time that colleagues stayed with us, better retention with colleagues, which meant we spent less money on recruiting and retraining people into the same jobs. So that, that's our personal experience of that. But I totally appreciate this isn't a one size fits all. It's very challenging to get this, this debate right. And I really do applaud Phoenix for, for having that policy and for, for making that happen. And I really applaud all the employees who didn't abuse it. Caring for somebody is one thing, working another thing. But there are so many people who are just out for what they can get. And just because you can take 10 days off for, for that kind of compassionate leave, if I can phrase it that way, it doesn't mean you have to. And it's just, I'm so pleased that, that you have those statistics to go by. And maybe that will influence other large employers as well. Much more challenging for small employers if you've got a team of three and one of, them's, one of them's off, then you've got a third of your workforce gone, which can be a challenge. But for larger employers, that's something certainly worth considering for the future. I'm going to say thank you very much. That was really interesting. It is National Older Workers Week, and I think it's brilliant that you and Phoenix are doing the work that you're doing to highlight that to the benefit of many people. I'm going to say thank you very much. I hope I didn't give you too hard a time. No, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you for allowing us the opportunity to have the debate as we said that that's what we're looking for from this we're looking to stimulate conversation because the more people trying to find solutions to the problem the more likely are that we are going to find them so thank you very much for the time really my pleasure i'm going to say thank you very much for your time and this is mark harris enterprise doctor signing off <laughs>